Hey everyone, just popping in here to share some big news that the price of the Families Fly Free membership will be going back up on Thursday, May 9th at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. So as I had mentioned before, we reduced the price of Families Fly Free by hundreds of dollars at the beginning of 2024 to give everyone a chance to get in at this lower cost. But we are now having to bring that to an end, and we do officially have a date when the price will be going back up. And again, that is Thursday, May 9th at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. So if you've been thinking about joining Families Fly Free, now is the time to do it. If you want to change the way your family is traveling, if you want to travel more and do it affordably, and if you want to use miles and points and travel rewards without it being a second job, learn a simple system to always be able to do this without a wallet full of cards, please come join us in Families Fly Free and do it before the price goes back up. You can learn more and sign up today at familiesflyfree.com slash join. Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel, but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015. And I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Families Fly Free podcast. Since we are at the beginning of 2024, I thought it would be fun for us to take a look at some popular destinations that you might want to put on your list this year. So I invited with me today, Leslie Peterson. She is a longtime friend of mine um, in the travel blogging world, and um, she owns and runs 365 Atlanta Traveler um, because she lived for 30 years in Atlanta. And so it was originally designed to tell you everywhere you could go um, in Atlanta and from Atlanta, um, but she's got content on destinations everywhere um, on that site. That's a great resource. Um, so she has traveled lots of places. I know she and her family traveled in an RV for a year, maybe, right? And now she lives in Denver. So um, she'd be a great person to give us her insight on where we might want to consider traveling this year. So welcome, Leslie. And um, I'll let you introduce yourself if you have anything Thank else you. to add there. <laughs> No, no, thank you so much. Yeah, the RV trip experience was just in um, 2021, and uh, it was pretty incredible. It, it was a fun way to see the country. Yeah, it was now fun we're to, to follow along on Facebook as as you guys did that and see <laughs> everywhere you were going and your adventures in an RV and so amazing. All right, so let's dive right in. Um, we're going to talk through six U.S. destinations today that we think would be good choices for 2024. So I'm going to let Leslie start us off. Well, I have to start with my new home state, Colorado. I we were just talking uh, before the podcast started rolling about how I thought I knew I was going to like it here, but. I wasn't prepared for how much I would fall in love with it. It's pretty amazing. And it seems like there's so it's such a good place to get other places out West. We love Colorado, of course, and Utah, Utah. and so many different places out Wyoming. West. And it seems like a great home base to quickly get you to some of those beautiful spots. It is. And, and I'm a mountain girl. I mean, I love the mountains. I am constantly chasing mountains. So it, it made sense for us because, you know, my family's the same way. So I've got two um, two places there I wanted to tell you about, um, but before I do that, I would say the both of these places are probably best in the warmer weather. So if you're going to come to Colorado for the colder weather, you should come for the winter sports. So even if you don't ski or snowboard, um, there's um, snowmobiling, there's ice skating. We love ice skating at Evergreen Lake um, out on the lake. Um, there's dog sledding. There's ice castles here. There's so much to do in the winter. But the, my favorite things are uh, two things I want to share that are warm weather things. 
we always like to go to Colorado in the warm weather. I'm saying we're not we're not skiers, but we we sure love the mountains too. And man, is Colorado gorgeous! So, <laughs> so um, the most accessible of both places is Rocky Mountain National Park, and it's you know it, you can fly into Denver and pick up a car and head there in you know a couple hours. I would say if you're going to go, the hike you have to do is uh, the five lakes in five miles off of Bear Creek Road. It is breathtaking. And um, but I will warn you, even though it's just five miles, it's a thousand feet elevation gain. So you've got to be prepared for it. Maybe you don't want to do it on your what? You got to watch that in Colorado. There's always elevation and then the lower oxygen too, right? At the altitude. Yeah, so I was going to say, you probably don't want to do it on your first day. You want to get acclimated a little bit first, but um, it's just beautiful. One of um, the lake, <clears throat> Lake Hayah, yeah, I hope I'm saying that right, <laughs> is at the, um, the, the highest point along the trail and it's a glacial lake. So you'll have that beautiful blue, mm. gray, foggy color. My husband is a cold plunger, so he actually got in the lake. That oh, was wow. like, Wow. Um, there's, uh, you know, another lake is, um, has lily pads all over it. Another lake has a waterfall going into it. So you're just walking this five mile trail, um, with all of these beautiful lakes along the way. So I, I really recommend that, but I will tell you if, if you go to Rocky Mountain National Park, you need a reservation, uh, between nine and three, which is really when you want to go. Um, and they have two types of reservations there. One that's basically like a get in the park and see everything. Um, but there's there's a special one called the Bear Creek Road Access. So that gives you um, access to the whole park. And this trail is off of Bear Creek Road. So you're going to need that special pass in order to do the hike. But it's it's worth it. So let me ask you, like Rocky Mountain National Park, has been super busy, right? The last couple of years, thus the reservations. And isn't that, that Bear Creek Road is like the busiest place to go? It so is. Do you have any, has it slowed down any? And do you have like- Well, it's slowed down here because it's snowing <laughs> right but now, I mean, like, right? Like in the over last summer. Yeah, I think it has. And it has, and the, the pass makes it um, less overwhelming. But I would say- two things get the earliest pass possible um and because you're gonna you're gonna avoid the crowd that way that's what we did we went pretty early in the morning and there was a lot more people on the trail as we were leaving the other thing um a friend of mine did is they um went after three o'clock so you don't need any sort of pass or anything to get in after three o'clock and the the crowds were dwindling i just um i don't know if i'd recommend doing that um, well, you just want to watch the daylight, right? Because you don't want to do that with kids if you can't walk super fast, if you're at the, at, um, the beginning part of summer, but the end part, the end of summer, you're fine. Okay. And is it difficult to get this pass? I know we tried to get one for Glacier last summer. You it's know, not, well, it's not on, like getting one for Glacier. <laughs> right at that second, you didn't get it. You know? <laughs> no, no. Um, I mean, there are, there are fewer of them. It doesn't cost anything extra. I should say that to people. It's just, it's just an access issue. Um, but if you can't get the day that you want, then um, at five o'clock in the evening of the day before you're going to go, they release another 25%. So just be ready. Be logged into your recreation.gov site, have it up and ready to go. All right. Awesome. So the other one is where we went this summer, and that is, so the, let me back up. The Rocky Mountains are the mountains that come um, just to the left of Denver. I actually live right at the foothills there. Uh, but there's another range of mountains southwest, uh, the southwest part of Colorado, and that's the San Juans. And they are otherworldly. <laughs> Have you been there? Telluride is one of my favorite places on the planet. I'm not yeah. sure if that's what you're going to say or not. Yes. So we did a road trip, uh, Ure, Durango, Telluride. Yeah. And there is no way to even explain to people. And I took pictures and I think I took pretty good pictures. And I look at them and I say, that doesn't even cut it. Like there's, that doesn't even 
explain how beautiful it is there. So let me, so here's the thing. The first thing I want to mention is um, that Mon, there's Montrose Airport. So you can fly into Denver. You're going to probably spend six or seven hours driving there, which may not be your cup of tea. So um, well, let me just add there because that's what <laughs> we always do when going to Telluride because that's the only airport that Southwest, well, uh, they do fly into Montrose. I take that back. Seasonally, they fly into Montrose, um, but it's going to be a lot more expensive, more points to do that. Um, so we yeah. inevitably drive, fly into Denver and make that six-hour drive when we have done Telluride. But you are driving to Colorado. There's worse places to drive. Yeah, for. yeah. And it's a beautiful drive. I mean, the other thing you could do, I guess, is um, you could fly into Denver like if you were not um, as sensitive about the spending money, if the, if time was more critical, you could take a hop, probably a non-Southwest hop, but a hop to the Durango airport from Denver for about 200 bucks. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have a lot of variability with that one, but there's definitely the Denver to Durango route. that's constantly going there. So, yeah. So what to do when you get there? Um, a lot. <laughs> I will tell you my favorite thing, the thing I will uh, never forget is the Blue Lakes hike there. So it is, God, I want to say it's a, I want to say 14 miles. Oh, wow. Um, and it's not easy. It's breathtaking. It's the, you're passing this lakes that are the bluest of blue that make, that make the blue of the Bahamas pale in comparison with huge mountains stretching out and um, wildlife everywhere. There's not a lot of people on the trail because a lot of people can't do this trail. So you, you do need to be in shape, but if you can do it, <clears throat> do it. There's three lakes along the trail. If you are like, I feel like I could do it, but I don't know if I want to do 14 miles, go to the first lake because the first lake is the most beautiful. And that's what most people do. They hike to the first lake and it's the least strenuous climb. And then they uh, go back, but it's worth every bit of blood, sweat, and tears that it took us to get there. And for those of you who are like, I don't know if I can do that. My, um, at the time, 10-year-old and 14-year-old did it with us. Wow. With That's no complaining. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you don't feel like hiking, um, the other thing to do is the Durango-Silverton Railroad. It's the railroad in the United States with one of the most accolades. So I think the highest rated one is the Amtrak that runs between Colorado and California, but this is sensational. You're basically um, taking the train along a ridge cut with the, with the water. So sometimes you're even with the water. Sometimes you're looking down, you know, 500, 1,000 feet down into the water. Um, it's just relaxing. It's... Um, beautiful it's sensational so the there's an open air car that's really affordable if you want a good view um if you need if you're worried about the sun or the wind or the rain or whatever there are regular cars but we did the vip car i splurged on it and it was so beautiful because we were we had windows we could open up but the roof was like a glass dome so we could see everything yeah that's one we've never done but it's um it's been on our list when I think it was two years ago we were went to Telluride again and we did some four-wheel driving. So that's Ooh. another option. My husband will do it. But honestly, it pretty much terrified me with <laughs> sheer drop-offs. Yes. <laughs> the side that I was sitting on. Uh, however, that was a great way to see some of those, like these pretty lakes and this backcountry scenery that you could, you could see hiking too, but that you wouldn't be able to see just with a regular car. Right. So that's a great have someone who likes that. That's another option to get some of those really. So we kind of did like between you Ray and, um, tell your ride, um, mm. uh, some driving there and went to the silver mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on some of that. So all kind of fun things you could like, and kids love that. Like we actually found pieces of gold and silver, silver up there. Weird. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's so much to do. Like, um, so we still, uh, it was just an extra half hour or so. So we drove out to Mesa Verde National Park um, from Durango. There's the Million Dollar Highway, which if you're scared of heights, you want to avoid. Um, Bridal Veil Falls in Telluride is a really fun hike because it looks like you're just going to one waterfall, but there's really three along the way. And then, uh, of course, the gondola at Telluride is free. 
to that's ride. My favorite so that's thing. That view is just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend oh hot springs. I didn't even mention that there's hot springs, you know, everywhere in Colorado, but definitely down there. I mean, it's amazing. All right. So um next on our list, I put Hawaii. Um, mm-hmm. because and just in watching Hawaii over the last several years, um, we went kind of on the tail end of COVID. That was a good time to go because um they were just starting to open up and Airfares were really cheap. There were not, not lots of tourists there. And so we did Maui one year and Kauai the next year. And then after that, I saw the prices really start to climb again to go to fly to Hawaii and the hotel prices and everything really went up again. I think as the travel pent up travel demand fully unleashed and a lot of people we know always want to go to Hawaii. Um, so it hasn't been a great time um, of late, but I'd say since this past summer, we saw a lot of people travel internationally and domestically. I don't know if you agree, Leslie, but slowed down, right? Last yes, summer. Yes, yes, I saw that too. Um, quite a bit. So I've now, as I, we always are constantly watching the Southwest um, prices and sales and fares. So once again, we're back to seeing like 99, sometimes $89 one way fares from California nonstop to Hawaii. And oh of course, you know, yeah. So, it's not always, but um, they ha- definitely they've been coming back. And so we try to always alert folks and families fly free when we see those so you can grab them. And um, and we always have tons of people going to Hawaii. So um, but Maui, of course, suffered the devastating wildfires. Um, and so there's a podcast. You can listen to a podcast a few ago from um, a Maui Visitors Bureau representative who kind of filled us in on the state of things there. But they do need tourism again because a lot of people um, did not go there or were afraid to go there um, because of that. So, and they were said, still recovering from COVID, I think, from the COVID it's, shutdown. It's such a struggle for them because they just have the limited capacity hospitals and, you know, obviously hard to get to the mainland U.S. So they have to really, I think that's the idea. They have to really watch that because they can only handle so many severe cases, you know, at one time. So they do need your tourism dollars. There's um, fewer people there right now. The airfares are going down. Um, And so I think this would be a good time to look at Hawaii again this year. Um, In my opinion, it might be a good time to try to go. I was, I do follow this beat of Hawaii blog um, and they did a post recently where a lot of people were um, saying they weren't going to go to Hawaii anymore because they felt like it wasn't tourism friendly and um, prices had risen over the years and they were going to go to other place, Costa Rica, the Caribbean or whatever instead. So um, if that is the case, that might be another reason that, you know, the the flocks of people have settled down from going to Hawaii. Um, and so it's and that's a much more enjoyable experience. You don't want to go when it's just wall to wall people on everything you're trying to do. Um, and so we we inside Family Fly Free, we have webinars and itineraries on all of the islands. Um, and we have I've been to Oahu and Maui and Kauai. Maui was my favorite of that bunch. Um Kauai is beautiful, but you have to get to the north part of it to really see see the beauty there. Um, And then we've had a lot of folks who've gone to the big island, which we haven't been to. Um, Have you been to Hawaii, Leslie? I was 18 last time I was in Hawaii, so it's been (laughs) a long time. In middle school, junior high to Oahu was my last time time there. But I just remember that's just Waikiki Beach being so busy and just packed with people it was not my jam. So Maui's a nice mix between the two. You can there's stores and things and restaurants and whatever, but it's not a super busy town. Um, and you also have all the beauty alongside it as well. But anyway, a lot of folks have been going to the Big Island and that looks awesome, too. You've got Volcanoes National Park there. Um, and there seems to be a lot of beauty and just a lot of different things to do. And of course, you can island hop now. They kind of shut that down during COVID. But um, so you can certainly go to Maui and then hop over and do the Pearl Harbor Memorial over on Oahu for a day and go back. And um, so I think this would be a good year to take another look at Hawaii. So I met with the tourism board folks from Hawaii. They came to Colorado and I had dinner or lunch with them. And they were telling me about, I should say from Maui, and they were telling me about a new program that they're doing where um, they're really encouraging people to be stewards of the land as they come to visit. 
So your family can join these projects where you're helping, um, you know, clean up some trash on the beach or, you know, move sand from one place to another to help with conservation with some animals and that sort of thing. But when you, and you're like, well, why do I want to work on vacation? But when you do those sorts of things and you get back to the island, it gives you an opportunity to meet locals and see places that you wouldn't be able to see as a tourist. And I, I thought that was a really beautiful idea and concept. You just have to get in touch with the tourism board and they can help you with that. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great idea because it is, um, we're in this in-between stage of Maui recovering. And so that's a way you can feel like, okay, I'm not like... Um, take, take, take. <laughs> right, exactly. Like I'm giving back. And I always think too that a big part of traveling is to really experience the destination like you're a local, you know, right. and that's a great way to, to have that experience. Um, so yeah, thanks for bringing that up. All right. I'm going to pass it back to you. To me. Okay. Um, this was my very favorite thing on our RV trip. And I would probably put this in the top two or three of any place I've ever visited or lived um, across the world. <clears throat> and that's Glacier National Park. So, and you told me, which I, I was news that passed by me, U.S. News and World Report ranked it a thir third for where to third. visit in, in 2024. Best place in the world. <laughs> like not oh. only just in the U.S., but. Yeah, I, I would concur. I mean, it is beautiful. So I wanted to tell you about a couple things that we did there that uh, extra effort, but worth it. Um, one of those was hiking to Grinnell Glacier. So again, if you're not a hiker, don't do this because it's like 11 or 12 miles and you need to get up early in the morning to do it. Um, but it is amazing. And again, my kids did it. So it's not un, un, uh, accessible to, to people who are active. Um, you hike to an actual glacier. So we got to hike there and then walk around and have lunch on the glacier, which is a feat in and of itself. Mm. But on the way, because of where this hike is, it's kind of a little bit more removed from the parts of glacier where there's lots of people. Uh, uh, we saw on one hike, a bear that came across our path. Luckily it was a brown bear, not a grizzly bear. Bear came across our path. Uh, then we see bighorn sheep where we're trying to get away from them and they're like looking at us. So finally, we just turned around and did a selfie with it because we were trying to get away as best we could. And then we we're like, okay, it's not happening. <laughs> um, mountain goats. And then uh, on the way down, we saw a mama moose with her baby all on one hike and uh, along with the glacier. So that was really great. Um, we stayed... It's on um, the least trafficked side of Glacier. So most of the, most people go into Whitefish and that's how they get into Glacier National Park and they take the Sun Road across. Um, but there's a, not, there's a couple other entrances on what I would say the east side. Two Medicine is a really great area. Waterfalls, hiking, um, and not a lot of crowds. So we ended up, while we were staying in Whitefish, we ended up getting a hotel room in Two Medicine at the park, at a, an old, antique, beautiful hotel, um, so that we were closer to get to the Grinnell hike. We could start it really early in the morning. So I, and I would recommend doing that because then you're just, to get up early in the morning, you're just going like an hour instead of having to go, if you're, if you're in Whitefish where most people stay, you'd have to go three or three three or four hours to get to your starting point. Okay. I'm going to ask you some questions here because we, we have wanted to go to Glacier and we've looked at it many times and we almost went last summer, but I cannot ever logistically figure it out for all these things that you're talking about, right? This West side and the East side and this drive through the park. And I couldn't, I was having, maybe I waited too long, but a terrible time coming up with any place to stay on the East side. Oh, really? Um, I mean, or that, I'm not a camper, so I don't love like the super duper rustic stuff. I mean, I don't, doesn't need to be luxurious, but you know, just even no, well, I that think... wasn't super rustic, you know? 
Yeah, I think I would encourage you to look at the hotels in the park. I mean, that's ideal. And we, um, in the middle of summer, in 2021, when everybody was traveling, we made that decision to stay at the hotel like two days before, and we were able to get a room. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good tip. (laughs) But yeah, I think I looked and those were sold out a couple months ahead. But maybe if you keep looking, you maybe some things open up. Yeah. And there's a lot of little old rundown, but not but okay but not dangerous yeah Yeah. hotels along that road I mean anything's worth I mean you you need to be on the trail at six o'clock in the morning so anything's worth not having to get up at you know three or two to get there after when you're about to hike 12 miles you know right 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 but yeah I've heard that the east side is is stunning that you want to be sure and it's just less crowded which Uh is ideal um the other thing so you want to stay in Two Medicine to get to Cornell Glacier um, if you can. Two Medicine's worth visiting on its own. Great, fantastic um, short hikes there. And the other thing that we did was um, you can take a, uh, there's several places you could take a boat ride. So the boats are antique wooden boats that have been refurbished. They're small and they're beautiful. Each one has its own personality. And uh, so we got a reservation to take one. Um, They took us across um, the lake. I'm trying to think of which lake it was. I can't remember right now, but they took us across the lake. We got out. We did a ranger led hike on the other side. She explained some of the ecology of the park in that area. And um, then, you know, we rode back and it was just bliss because only a certain amount of people can be on those boats. Most people don't want to do them. So it was easy to get a reservation at the last minute. Um, you're, you're, hi- you're hiking with the ranger at Glacier. I mean, you're just relaxing on this boat for, I guess, you know, a good 20 minutes each way and seeing parts of the park that you, you wouldn't even be able to see if you were hiking, you know, just hiking out there. So it was, it was great. And then, uh, the Highline Trail is the other trail that I recommend. I was so scared because it is a drop-off on one side. <laughs> um, and I was worried about the kids. And we had a big discussion about not being silly because they're two boys who followed the stereotypical boy behavior. And um, yes, I, I relate that, yeah. Oh, I'm so silly. I'm falling off. Please don't do that. Right. <laughs> You're killing your mothers, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um but when I got there, you know, same with Million Dollar Highway in the, uh, in the um, Durango area, it was not as bad as I think people who write articles on it like to make it sound like, oh, it was terrifying. You've got to go, you know, kind of that um, overkill. <laughs> and it really wasn't that scary. And the part that has the big drop off has a chain that you can hold on to. And it's not very long, but it really is pretty wide. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's like five or six people wide. So it's not as bad as as maybe some people make it out to be. And it was definitely worth doing. Yeah, and inevitably, like when we're doing hikes like that, like in Utah or whatever with these drop-offs, you know, I don't know, you see like old ladies going up with canes or like, I don't know, families with kids, you know, and they're like, not a problem. They're just going on up and down. And here I'm like terrified holding onto the chains on the wall, you know, so. Yeah, well, I'm like in Utah, like for for to give a point of reference for people like I'm not taking my kids on Angel Ridge you know no, some I'm of those places <laughs> yeah but th- I would not at all relate this to that this is different it, okay yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we've done some we didn't do that one but we did one with one side of a drop-off I had two sides of a drop-off is too much but um, yeah I, I'm with was, you there <laughs> yeah um then so the other thing I just want to mention uh two things right outside the park so people, a lot of people go to the park, obviously. It's one of the best. But don't forget that it's still the same beautiful country right outside the park, too. <laughs> so um, the Flathead National Forest was a really fun place for us to hike. Again, yeah, it's a hiking place. Strawberry Lake is the um, hiking destination I recommend. You just want to make sure you have bear spray. I mean, there are grizzlies there. If you're going in the summertime, that's huckleberry season. The bears are coming for the huckleberry. <laughs> and you just you just want to 
be prepared for that. There's huckleberries all along the way to Strawberry Lake, but um, really beautiful. And then Whitefish is a town that I said most people stay at. It's a, the big town um, where the, near the park. So there's a ski resort there. If you're going in the summer, though, um, there's it's open in the summer with you know gondolas and that sort of thing. Um, Whitefish Mountain Resort, but also right there. There is um, a place, I think it's called, I think it's, it may be part of Whitefish Mountain Resort, but it's um, horseback riding. And it's the only horseback riding place there that will take you into the park. And we did that and it was great. And after the ride, they made us a steak dinner with, on the campfire. Like we were like real cowboys. So pretty fun. Yeah. But outside the park, there's still a lot to do outside the park too. Well, and I remember just in doing Utah at Bryce Canyon, like one of our favorite hikes was before you even got into the park. Right. So I think that's a great point. Like there is a lot. It's it's the same scenery. <laughs> right. Just exactly. Outside the park. <laughs> Mother Nature didn't know that there was a boundary there. So <laughs> no, no, definitely not. OK, that's glacier for me. That, But I'm just there's waterfalls galore. There's lots. To, if, if you're not a hiker, you'll go on the sun road, which is kind of scary, but it's good. Um, and you, there's places to pull off. There's, there's animals to see. So if you're not a hiker, I think it's still worth going. If you are a hiker, you're going to love it. Yeah. And I know at Glacier, like um, in Family Slide Free, I mean, almost everyone who's been there ranks it as their number one national park for sure. Um, and if it's beauty. okay, I want to, um, I said I was done and now I'm talking more and more about it because it's fantastic. Um, but I, so I, one of my girlfriends who is a travel writer, um, has been to Glacier like a hundred bajillion times with four kids too. And she has a guide about like, here's exactly what you need to do. You pick however many days you're going to be there. And it tells you like the way to go so that you're not backtracking yourself. Mm. Um, crazy family adventure is that website and um the she has guides on there and again because she's been to glacier so many times she's got a lot of good information out there that if people are challenged well that's what i use i used her guide when i went um because there is so many entrances in so many ways you can't get to one area unless you go in another entrance and so it helps you map out what you're gonna do yeah, that's a good tip. And I always like to use something like that too, because there's no point in reinventing the wheel and having to learn it again all yourself if someone else has already figured it out. So, um, okay, so next on our list, um, I have Las Vegas. Um, and I picked it for a couple of reasons. Um, one, we have the sphere, which everyone is talking about this year. And we did just fly over it on our way to Los Angeles. Oh, wow. um, over Thanksgiving, so we stopped in Las Vegas. I think coming when we were leaving, we went through Las Vegas back to Indianapolis, and so we could see it from the air, and it is super cool, I have to say. So um, if you're flying into Las Vegas as a stop, be sure to look out the window so you can see it. Las Vegas is always fun to see from the air anyway because the airport is literally right on the strip. So um, so I've just heard great things about this. Um, I know they've had you know different performers and bands in there, and then they have um, the show. I don't know what the name of it is, but that's like um, you know looking back at the Earth and space and all of that. And it's oh, wow. just supposed to be far beyond a giant IMAX screen. You know, I remember going in eighth grade and seeing one of those at the IMAX at Cape Canaveral in Florida. I just was amazed. I felt like I was in space. Um, so I guess this is, you know, times a hundred or whatever that would be. Um, so I think that's a great, I've heard a lot of our members just saying they want to go this year. And I had a couple who gave it that to each other as a gift to, to go visit the sphere this year. Um, so I think that's fine. Um, Las Vegas is also very easy to get to on Southwest. Generally, you can get some good deals. Um, it is a frequent uh, stopover when you're going out West. Um, so it makes it easy to do. And I just think, I am not a gambler and not interested in gambling, but there are so many things to do in Las Vegas that really are fun and really are and free um, and really good for kids, except that you have to walk through a casino with cigarette smoke, but you could right. eliminate that part of it. It would be fun. Um, and I guess you could walk outside, you know, for a lot of it, if it's not in the hot summer, but, um, but to this day, my kids rank it as one of their favorite places that we've ever been. I think to them, there's just lots going on, lots to see and lots to do. And 
Um, almost all of the resorts have something free that you can do. Um, you can go see the volcano erupt at the Mirage. You know, you can go see the canals of Venice at the Venetian. You can go up in the Eiffel Tower at Paris. And um, there's an aquarium at Mandalay Bay. And um, there's trams that connect all these different resorts. And, you know, so you really you can just stay inside, even if it's hot out pretty much and get from resort to resort. And there's walkways that connect everything. Um, and I know it's just on a lot of people's lists. And we have a lot of people that just like to go there regularly. We stayed, um, we stayed at multiple different places there over the years. But um, one place I want to recommend is called the Delano, um, which is a boutique hotel, which is actually part of Mandalay Bay. And Mandalay Bay is actually on one of the far ends of the strip, um, but it's very easy to, again, with the um, trams and whatever, to get to the other parts of the strip that you want to access. Um, but Mandalay Bay itself is a very busy resort, has tons, like a great water park area for kids with a wave pool and a lazy pool. So you could even just go really and just hang out there and be entertained. But the Delano is nice because it has access to all of the Mandalay Bay action, but you're off in your own quiet little boutique hotel. Um, so it's nice and peaceful and, and it just has that feel, not that crazy feel of a Las Vegas resort. So, um, and just keep in mind, if you are booking Las Vegas resorts, that there's often a resort fee. So just keep an eye out for that. Make sure you know what that is um, and add that into the total cost of what you're paying. And even if you're booking in points, usually you still have to pay that resort fee. So you just want to factor that in. Um, and there's lots of great things to do in the Las Vegas area as well. So even if you get outside of um, the Strip and downtown, uh, we stayed um, on our trip going to and from Utah. We flew into Las Vegas and then drove into Utah, but we stayed part of the time at the Hilton Lake Las Vegas, which is out a little bit. And it's on this beautiful lake. And it's like this resort is, is like a Venetian Italian style resort. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you don't even feel like we didn't see it. We didn't go to the strip. We didn't do, you know, you didn't even know you were in Las Vegas and you're, so there's some really beautiful things and you have Hoover Dam and there's, you know, it's a great access to get into Utah. Um, even if you're going to do the Utah National Parks and you just want to stop over in Las Vegas for a night or two to just have a look-see <laughs> or do some, right. see a show or something like that. Um, those are some fun things to do. You have anything to add on Las Vegas? Uh, we we did the other way. We did all the national parks and all the boondocking. For those of you who don't know, it's kind of when you just park your RV in the middle of the desert <laughs> and not connected not to anything, anything. right? Uh, and then we went to Las Vegas after that, and we were like, "Give us a hope." We went. We stayed in a hotel a couple nights because we were like, "We want a real running shower and a pool and all of those things." Um, but my kids really. We, we went and saw. Um, we wanted to do a show with them. Some of them are so expensive and then some of them are not appropriate. Sure. But we saw a magic show and it was really affordable and it was really great and um, suitable for the family. And then we did Meow Wolf there. So there's Meow Wolf here in Denver and one there. And um, the one there was my favorite. And I don't know what that is. Oh, it's like a, um, it's an interactive art exhibit. So what's interesting is it looks like the one in Las Vegas, it looks like you're going to, you're, you're strolling a fake grocery store. And then you look at these clues and then you see that you can open the door to the milk and go through. And now all of a sudden you're in a whole different section of, you know, a, a different world with slides and glow in the dark paint and art and it's it's almost unexplainable obviously <laughs> i'm having a hard time <laughs> interesting okay um, it started in maybe i think albuquerque Al new mexico i can't remember where it started but out west and then now they're they're open a couple of them and um las vegas is really good each one's different yeah Local so artists. i'm sure there's tons of fun things like that that you can do um out there right. and even yeah like i said just I remember the um, Excalibur has like a huge game room or whatever, like a gaming center, you know. Oh, wow. And yeah, there's just every resort has something. Oh, like the that. Neon Museum with all the old signs. That's a fun place to go to. And Take we have been to one of dusk. those in Cincinnati. I don't know if it's the oh. same or not, but we found it entertaining there too. So, yeah. 
Yeah, Vegas is fun. Yeah, we don't gamble either, um, but it's still pretty fun. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, back to you. Well, the uh, last one I have is in Alabama. And I think a lot of people go, oh, Alabama, I'm going to tune out now. Uh, but I want to encourage you to listen. So um, certainly if you have never been to Alabama, maybe the first thing you want to do is do the civil rights tour. I mean, we're coming up on 55, 56 year anniversary of uh, Dr. King's death. And there's lots to do there. But I want to turn your attention to another city that's really, I, I think it's almost past the up and coming. I think it's like up in here. <laughs> um, and that's Huntsville. And so I've been there three or four or five times. And I was just there last year. That was the last time I was there. The first time I went was because um, the U.S. Space and Rocket Center is there. So you can do space camp. You can see the rockets. And that's really fun. And and I think if anybody knows Huntsville, that's probably what they know it for. Right. But it's a lot more than that. So it, uh, I think the uh, FBI are moving their headquarters there. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, the, um, it's full of engineers, full of really, really smart people. Mm. And I think that gives it a different vibe than other places. That's what I felt. The other interesting thing is though they're growing rapidly. People are moving there like crazy, especially now the Quantico folks are moving there. But um, they have always had these engineers in place. They had already built an infrastructure to accommodate this. Hmm. That blows my mind. They were like, yeah. well, we, you know, we knew it was coming. What city is that far advanced to be able to do that? <laughs> um, but I would recommend, especially, I mean, it's great. It's absolutely great for adults, but it's a really great family vacation uh, place. Um, so a couple things I'll tell you about the Huntsville Trash Pandas. That's the minor league baseball game that's there. So you can get tickets for sometimes like $15 and it's so much fun. A trash panda, for those of you who don't know, is a raccoon. Um, but okay. this is the feeder um, team for the uh, A's, which is really fun because they're doing great. And um, there's a railroad museum there. When my kids were a lot younger, they loved the railroad museum because they could walk around inside the cars. Um, Burrett on the Mountain is... Um, but when you hear most people say, well, it's an, you know, it's an old farm that has been preserved and you can go up on the mountain and see it. But it's so much more than that because it gives you fantastic views of all of Huntsville because it's one of the highest points, if not the highest. But um, there's string lights up and live music and cocktail hours and things like that. So um, more than just like this historical area. The botanical gardens are probably one of the most beautiful botanical gardens I've ever been to. And then um, the last thing I'll mention is Montesano is uh, one of the state parks there, 50 miles of trails. Um, they've got an area called Three Caves, which is literally caves that they hold concerts in. So the acoustics are amazing. And um, for kids, there's this wildflower trail along, along the creek my boys found salamanders and stuff in the water there. But what's really fun is if you just go to the Montes or call the Montesano um, Park Office, you can request a ranger tour. And uh, that's what we did. The ranger took us into three caves, even though um, there wasn't a concert going on because you're not allowed to go otherwise. And the boys could was were hearing echoes. Um, she let them take home a little um, piece of stalagmite that had broken off. And then we did the wild, it's close to the wildflower hike. And so she's the one that showed them how to find the salamanders and where they were and talked to them about that sort of thing. It's all free, it's all free. That's Huntsville. Awesome. Yeah, and I, um, I have a neighbor whose daughter goes to a small college somewhere in Alabama. And I don't remember where, but I remember her telling me going down to visit her and how impressed she was with Alabama. And I can't remember which towns, but that she found them to be very charming and lots of things to do and boutiques and restaurants. And um, yes. I don't really have Yeah, there's have a great to... restaurant scene in Huntsville. Breweries are popping up everywhere. Um, there's a really, I, I wish I could remember the name of it, but uh, a really fun restaurant um, downtown that looks like a British pub. I mean, they even have like the red phone box out front that you can get your picture taken in. Um, but really like the charcuterie board there, you got to 
got to get that. And then they have all the local beer on tap. It's just, everything's walkable. Um, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it was pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So that's a, maybe a new one that you hadn't thought of that you can put on your list. It's probably, um, pretty accessible to most of the country, I would think sort of, in yeah. the, sort of in the middle, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Southern middle. Kind of. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I would think like Pigeon Forge is always talking about how they're, I guess to the East coast, they're one of the most accessible destinations, but within driving distance, because they're kind of, kind of in the middle. I think of Pigeon Forge as the Las Vegas of the East. Well, I know. And there's like those cities like Myrtle Beach and Branson and Pigeon Forge that I feel like are all, they're just the same. Yes. <laughs> they have You're all 100% the same right. things, just in different locations. Right. And but nothing's really special about it. Like, I mean, right. yeah. You can do the whatever Titanic Museum and I don't know, that's probably a bad example, but in all three places or the, uh, oh, medieval times, that'd be a good one. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, not that it's related, but it did remind me. I wanted to tell you guys, you know, if you've got kids, you probably don't want to do this. I mean, you could, but um, they might be bored. But the Whedon House in um, uh, Huntsville is so amazing. It features, it was owned by this artist. So first of all, it's this very young girl. She was in her 20s, not a teenager, white woman. Her father died. She got to keep the property. She, so we're talking 1800s here, right? She was an artist. She did a a painting with a three hairbrush, portraiture with a three hairbrush that was, it looks like, they look like photographs, but here's the thing. She was legally blind. So she would have to touch people's faces and then draw with this three hair. I mean, obviously she could see a little bit, like really up close, you know, but legally blind. And then here's the most interesting part to me. She would mostly take, uh, mostly create uh, portraits of the uh, black people in her town. So she's this young white woman in the 1800s. People don't even like it that she's an artist and selling her stuff but she's right up in the face of people that society would say, you know, is un- it's unladylike of her. And she's mm-hmm. feeling their face in order to paint their beautiful photos. And I'm getting chills, chill bumps when I think about it because she just made a difference. Mm-hmm. And um, her, so you can see uh, where she lived and uh, many, many, many of her portraits are hanging up uh, in there. And it just, um, a special, a special person, I think. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure there's, I mean, there's so many stories like that, that we just don't know. And people who did little things that made, made a big a difference. difference ultimately. Yeah. All right. So that's so all I have about Alabama. <laughs> okay. All right. Add Alabama to your list. The only place I've been in Alabama is Gulf Shores. Um, and again, that was Ooh. in college. It's been a minute. <laughs> that's a good place. <laughs> Uh, okay, so last on our list, and we'll we'll wrap this one up, is um, for me, San Diego. This is just perpetually one of my favorite destinations. Um, I have a hard time coming up with anything, any reason why you wouldn't want to go to San Diego. Uh, it's a, Maybe it's a little far if you live on the East Coast, but um, it's just such beautiful weather year-round. I think the the it's just the scenery itself is beautiful. You get everything from mountains to the coast and uh, there's so much outdoor activity to do you've got lakes and um, you can hike and go to the beach or you can there's plentiful museums and activities for kids there's um, the intrepid I think is the one there the aircraft carrier Um, that's I think that's the most popular thing to do there there's the beautiful Balboa Park downtown fantastic restaurant scene. We always love to go to their little Italy. You can get some great Italian food. They have the gas lamp district, um, which is just kind of your fun happening. Tons of things always going on. Uh, Restaurants, shops, comedy clubs. Uh, We've been to Comic-Con there um, in 2017. That was one of our bucket list, particularly for my husband, things to do. So, um, So we checked that off in 2017. That, of course, is fascinating. People watching of all these people dressed up in these crazy costumes. And um, we saw lots of, lots of interesting celebrities and 
you know, et cetera, associated with these shows. So um, just any time of year, I think it's a great time to go. It never gets super hot in the summer. I think it's to the eighties in the winter, you're looking at a mild, you know, 50 degrees. They have tons of sunshine as well. Um, and again, it's, it's easy to get to um, on Southwest. They, fly so many different places in California. Um, and you can fly right into San Diego, which is an exhilarating experience if you haven't, because that's another one where you're just like flying right over the downtown and you're landing right before the water usually. Um, so that's a fun one. And you can constantly see Southwest planes taking off as you're walking around downtown, just flying right over your head. Um, so I have a whole uh, podcast episode on San Diego if you would like to learn more about it, but I think it just remains a um, just a great option for all ages, no matter what you like to do, um, you can find something to do there. Um, and it's easy enough to fly there for free. When um, I was in my, I guess my 30s, um, I had a girlfriend who moved out there. So I went from Atlanta there to visit her and it was winter in Atlanta and it doesn't get really cold, but it was so nice getting off the plane and being like, oh, okay, this is different. <laughs> I loved the weather. <laughs> yeah, we've been there in December and there everyone's got gloves and hats on. It's 50 degrees out, you know, probably the same in Atlanta. Right, right. Here in Denver in 50 degrees, people are still wearing their shorts and flip-flops. Yeah, you're out in shorts and flip-flops for sure. That's how, that's really how we are here in Indiana too. I, I'm like, if it's 50 degrees, I'm wearing my flip-flops like, uh, because they're my most comfortable shoe. So <laughs> I can, I can do it in 50 or above. <clears throat> so funny. All right. So that is our recommendations to you for 2024 for your That was US a lot travels. of fun. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of that. Yeah, it was it was great to have your insight, and I know you guys have been all over the place um, in the U.S. and get some new ideas, maybe some ideas you already had, but things you didn't know there were were to do there. Um, and Leslie, will you tell us where we can find you online? Sure, um, three six five Atlanta Traveler dot com. Oh, right. and I was this is a, um, a little late, but we have a resource online about all the free things to do in Las Vegas that you were mentioning. If people ah. wanted a roundup of that. Okay, perfect. And I'm sure you have info on things to do. In all Las these other things we talked about too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we also have some info on familiestravelfree.com in our travel tips section. So um, on Las Vegas, on San Diego, a lot of these on Colorado, for sure. <laughs> These yep, are also yep. my favorite places. <laughs> um, so yeah, go check out all of our awesome info and start planning your 2024 travels. Um, I think planning is half the fun is going. So exactly. Enjoy. All right. Thanks, Leslie. And thanks, everyone. And we will see you on next week's episode. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my family's fly free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the U.S., Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless travel memories before your kids or even grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple, proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com.